We're in this series, if you've been with us over the past couple of weeks, called The Good Shepherd. And what we're doing is we're using the 23rd Psalm because it's full of examples of just how good and how great our God really is. But before we go um, into the next portion of the series, let me kind of back up and kind of tell you where, where we've been. First week, we talked about how important it is to remember the goodness of God. And here's why. It's because when you forget how good God is, boy, it just messes up the rest of your life. So it's good for us to pause and remember that we serve a good God who loves us so very much. The second week was Mother's Day last weekend. And I talked through being anxious. I talked about being stressed. And I gave you some relaxation techniques based on the 23rd Psalm. But before we go for, I'm going to continue that, talking about that today. But before we get into the next portion, I, I also want to remind you that we've been using a congregational response. And I know that's a little different for us. We don't normally do that here at the Ridge. So I've been kind of stretching y'all a little bit. But y'all have been doing so well. I'm so proud of y'all. So we're going to do it again. Okay, it goes like this. I say God is good. Y'all say all the time. And then I say all the time, God is good. Are y'all ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. God is good. And all the time, let's do it again. God is good, and all the time, look at y'all, man, like rock stars. I love it. Um, today, what I want to do is I want to continue that conversation about how good God is, and I want to continue talking about relaxing a little bit. But instead of focusing like we did last week on stress and worry, what I want to do today is I want to talk about how important it is that we rest. Okay, And here, here's why. The good shepherd actually cares about whether or not you take time to rest. That's kind of a cool thought to think about. And the reason this is so important is because truthfully, I don't think a lot of us really know how to relax. I don't think we really know how to rest. I don't think that we know really how to slow down. I think this is true of everybody in here. I think this is true of our society. Studies actually show that Americans today, we get two hours less of sleep at night than we did five decades ago. And that sounds just about right, right? In fact, let's take a little quiz and let's see if any of these describe you. I'm going to put some things up here on the board. Let's see. Raise your hands if you ever... Do you always feel like you're in a hurry? Let me see. Raise your hands. Okay, a lot of you. How about, do you feel like your to-do list is never done? Let me see. Raise, yep, a lot of you. All right, how about this one? Do you use your off days to catch up on work? Let me see. Couple, okay, a couple of you. Are, are you constantly being told to slow down? Let me see. Yeah, okay. How about this? Have you ever been so busy you forgot to pick your kid up at school? Let me see. Raise your hands. Come on with me. Come on. Look at all those bad parents out there. Look at that. How about this one? Have you ever been so busy that you forgot something that was on your calendar until it was over and you totally missed it? Yes, that happens a lot. In fact, I told you all this story like four years ago, but this illustrates so well that I wanted to share it again. So if you're new here, welcome to the Ridge. I remember this last one, forgetting appointment, it was a Tuesday afternoon 5.15, I'm heading home, and while I'm on Highway 80, I'm just thinking through everything that I got going on at the church and everything that's coming up when I got a phone call. Now, normally, I don't pick up my phone when I get a number that I don't know, but for some reason, I did today and, and on that day, and thank goodness I did because it was Rose Hill Mission. Y'all know our partnership with Rose Hill, right, where we feed the homeless? They were calling to ask me if I was on the way with the food, 
Have you ever had one of those moments where you just felt like you got doused with a bunch of cold water and you just kind of go numb? The short answer to that question was, no, I am not on my way with food. I'm on my way home. I am feeling like the worst person ever, right? So, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do, but, but in my mind, you know, I'm picturing everybody at Rose Hill at the mission, and there's like, you know, all these volunteers that are there with the sides, but there's no pizza for, for them. There's a, a, a hundred people there ready for a hot meal, and I have forgotten I am the worst pastor ever. So, I'm on the phone, and I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I got like 15 minutes. I'll be there. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I hang up. And I did a U-turn in the middle of J.R. Allen, which you should totally never do. Well, you can't do it now because they got those cables. I'm the reason they put those cables in the middle of J.R. Allen. And I whip the truck back around. I'm heading back on Highway 80. And I'm calling Little Caesars. And I'm like, can y'all get 20 pizzas ready as soon as possible? I'm going to be there as quick. Just, just please hurry. And they were like, yes, we'll, we'll do the best we can for a church, of course. And so I hung up. I get to Little Caesars on Manchester in like five minutes, and I run inside just to tell them, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be out in my truck, so as soon as those pizzas are ready, let me know, and I'll come in and get them. And when I walk in, y'all, there were 20 pizzas sitting on a roll cart right in front of the thing, and I raised my hands, and I said, it's a miracle. <laughs> they were glowing. Angels were singing. I don't know. I looked at them, and I was like, how did y'all do this? And he said, are you the church that needed the pizzas? And I was like, yes. Yes, I am. And so I paid for the pizzas, and I threw them in my truck, and I'm heading down Hamilton Road, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm just saying, you know, God is great. God is good. Thank you. Thank you for this food, right? And I'm just praising God the whole way, and I'm like, I'm actually going to make it. And then I got another phone call from Little Caesars, and I picked it up, and they said, are you the church that just came and got those pizzas? And I said, yes. Yes, I am. Thank you so much. And he said, um, those pizzas were for First Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, in that moment, I was just thinking to myself, y'all, there are homeless people waiting on these pizzas. And we don't care about them Baptists, right? <laughs> so I thought to myself, I was like, what would Jesus do? I said, <laughs> so this is what I did, y'all. This is all true. I, I said, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. <laughs> and y'all, Jesus has forgiven me for that, okay? <laughs> that is a true story. Those Baptists were fine. Probably went out and got some fried chicken anyway. Honestly, y'all, though... It gets that chaotic, doesn't it? Sometimes in life, you know, and then you throw in kids, you throw in marriage, it just gets complicated. Nothing really slows down for us. So let me share a little truth with you. I kind of have already said this. Let me say this again. I think God cares whether or not you rest. I think he really does. You know, some people, and the reason I say that, some people really think that God only cares about them for what they do. You know, we make it like this works righteousness thing, so it's totally not right. But we think God only cares about us or loves us when we're trying to do more for him. You know, and I, I want you to do your best for God. Don't hear that, of course. But I do think that he cares about whether or not you're taking time to be with him, whether or not you're taking time to care for yourself. 
You know, it's kind of like this when it comes to God and whether or not we rest. Have you, have you ever done this? Have you ever walked into your kid's room and just watched them sleep? You know, like when they're little, not when they're older. That'd be weird, right? When they're little. Don't freak them out. But just like look over the crib and just watch them sleep. You know, I kind of feel that way like with God sometimes when we rest. It's just like a heavenly father that's just looking down pleased with us. And I also remind you, we're going to talk a little bit about this, but this is the fourth commandment. Y'all, this is serious business here. To take a Sabbath day is so important to God that he actually put it in his top ten, right? And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that because we just went through the ten commandments. So instead, what I want to do is I want to go to the 23rd Psalm. I want to show you how this fits in with the 23rd Psalm. I think the psalmist paints so many great pictures about who God is and how good he is. So let me read this part to you because it goes right along with this. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, y'all know this part that begins the 23rd Psalm. And this is where we spent most of our time or all of our time last Sunday. You know, when I said, you know, this is why we shouldn't stress. We shouldn't be anxious. We should relax a little bit in the presence of the good shepherd because he will supply what we need. I shall not want. But the next part, let's keep going. He says, He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. I love that. Doesn't that sound so nice, right? These images, this this symbolically, what this does is this represents rest and refreshment here. When he lets me lie down in green pastures, that's rest. When he leads me beside the quiet waters, that's refreshment for us. This is a great reminder that we serve a good shepherd. So why does he care? So much. Why, why does he care about whether or not we rest? I like the way Rick Warren puts it. He says, to give God my best, it requires rest. To give God my best requires rest. Why is that? Well, if you don't rest, man, you're stressed, you're anxious, you get worn out. In fact, the difference between being blessed and stressed is rest, right? And you know this because you know how much better you feel once you've taken the time to rest. Right When you've taken the time to kind of draw back a little bit, refresh a little bit, man, it makes such a big difference. Then why don't we do it? Like, why aren't we good about following this? You know, for a lot of us, we're so immature when it comes to taking time needed to rest. It's kind of like watching a kid. Have you ever watched a baby try not to fall asleep? You know, they kind of do that head nod thing where they just won't give in to it, kind of like, what some of y'all do while I'm preaching, you know, you do this thing, you know. You know, and you're just looking at them and you're like, man, why don't they just, just let it go, just, just give in, <laughs> just go to sleep. Sometimes we act like that. We act like an immature child because we really don't get how good it is to take this advice from the good shepherd. We don't realize how much we need it. So last week when it came to stress... I gave you some relaxation techniques when it comes to being too stressed in life. And I gave you four things. I said, ask Jesus to be your shepherd every day. Number two, I said, give Jesus access to every area of your life. Those things that you tend to hold back is what we worry about, right? So we got to give him access. We got to talk things out with the good shepherd. We got to walk with the shepherd every day. We got to talk to him. And number four, we got to trust Jesus one day at a time. Trust him to lead you today. We can't worry about the past. We can't get too fixated on the future because that hasn't come yet, right? So trust him for today. But... I want to kind of keep that conversation going because I want you to have a balanced life. I want you to be less stressed and more blessed. Instead of restless, I want you to be restful. And a lot of that comes down to whether or not we really trust the good shepherd. 
Whether or not we really trust that Jesus is who he says he is, that God is actually big enough to handle all these other things so I can take a minute and have a Sabbath. So I can trust him with all these things and realize it's going to be okay. If I take a minute to spend some time with him and to rest and refresh for myself. Let me give you a few more relaxation techniques today, and we're going to use the word relax here um, cleverly. All right, we're going to start with R when it comes to relaxation techniques that will help you take, uh, give you reasons why you should rest. Number one, I got to remember my value. Number one, I got to remember my value. And if you're online today, you can find those message notes on the app and follow along with us. Um, we're so glad that you're with us as well. Now, what we, the, the reason this is number one is because this, what we find our value in is what we do, right? This happens so much. Our worth is based in our work. And you know this is true because anytime you're introduced to somebody else, you always start with the question, what do you do? Like, what's your work, right? Not who are you? And that kind of sort of becomes our identity, and it really defines us. So how do we fight against that? We got to remember, this was huge for me. I remember sitting down with my DS when we were starting this church, and it was just go, 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 and my value was based on how well the church was going some days it was up some days it was down and my ds told me this and he reminded me of this this helps me rest because my value is found in god in god alone you know ultimately what gives something value well what gives something value and i've told you this before is number one who made it and number two what's the price being offered for it right for example you know i don't always get artwork i'll be honest i will look at a painting and i have no idea what i'm looking at right but i do know that sometimes those paintings even though i can't understand what the painting is all about that they are extremely valuable number one because of who created it who painted it And number two, because I know that there's somebody out there that's willing to pay a lot for it. So that makes it very valuable. Now, use that rationale to describe your value. Well, for starters, God created you. God doesn't create anything without value or purpose. The reason that you're here is because God loves you and God wants a relationship with you. And God's creations, each one, are unique. Not one of us are the same. It's not like God gets bored with creating and he's like, you know what? Let's just create 10 jimmies and scatter them all over. Thank heavens, right, that that doesn't happen. This world doesn't need 10 jimmies running around, right? (laughs) Thank you for that. But number one, who created you? Number two was the price that God was willing to pay for you. That price was just incredible. Jesus died for you. And Jesus doesn't die for just anything. He gave everything he had for you. Jesus gave his life for you. God gave his son for you. So that right there shows just how valuable you really are. You're created by God, and you are bought with a price, Scripture says. So it's good to remember, man, it's not what I do so much that gives me worth, but who I belong to. And for some of you, like I said before, this was extremely liberating for me. And it could be that way here for you, because for the longest time, you were probably just like me, and your value was in other things, right? 
And you felt like you've had to prove your worth. And you tried to prove it to your parents or to your coworkers or to your spouse or to, he- to whoever, right? But you don't have to do that. You don't have to prove how valuable you are. Because you belong to God. Do you know, Jesus' brother James understood this. And, and let me tell you, man, if there was anybody that probably had to fight to prove to people just how valuable they were... It's probably the brother of Jesus, right? Could you imagine growing up in Jesus' shadow, right? Constantly trying to prove yourself compared to him, you know? But he says this in James 1.18. He says, God decided to give us life through the word of truth so that we might be the most important of all the things That he has made. So that we can be out of all of creation, out of everything that's in the universe, out of everything that's on this world, all the amazing things that you've seen, you are the most important thing. And that's extremely important to understand. So the antidote for working all the time just to prove something to everybody else, work my way up that status or anything like that, is I got to realize that my value comes in God. He loves me, and he died for me. He's got a plan for me. And when I can do that, I learn to trust the good shepherd more. I learn to rest a little bit more. The second thing we got to do is we got to enjoy what we already have. That's number two. We got to enjoy what we have. Back to this idea of the good shepherd and us being the flock. You know, by nature, we are not resting sheep. We are restless sheep. We always roam, we always want more, we always want something different, we're always leaving the flock after something this or that or whatever. What we need help with, honestly, a lot of times, is we need help learning to be content, right? And the good news is, is that we can learn to be content. Check out this verse from the Apostle Paul, I love this, Philippians 4. He writes this, he says, I've learned this secret. Okay, he's like, I got a secret. So that anywhere, at any time, I am content. This is what we're talking about. This is what we need to go after. This will help us relax a little bit. So whether I have too much or too little, I can be content. So everybody's wondering, well, what's the secret? Like, what's the secret to this? So if we back up to another verse, he says this. No, 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 go back to the other verse. There you go. He says, I have learned to be satisfied with what I have. That's the secret right there. He's like, I'm going to share it with you. You know, I don't feel Paul. When Paul writes this, just so you know, this is in Philippians. This is the joy book. You know, the whole point of Philippians is joy and happiness in God and finding our identity in him. Paul is writing this from a jail cell, right? So it's amazing that Paul writes such a joyful book while sitting in prison. And yet he gives us this by saying the reason for his happiness, the reason for his joy is because he's satisfied. With what God has given him. You know? You know, when I, when I do this, I, um, when I talk about, sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm really preaching to myself. And right now, I kind of feel like I'm stuck because I'm stuck on an old iPhone. Um, you know, the charging port is broken, so I can't use that. I don't even know what number this is. I think they're on, like, iPhone 14. Does anybody have an iPhone 14? Y'all got some? Okay, yeah, a few of y'all. hope it breaks. Um, anyway... I'm teasing. Did I say that out loud? Sorry. My bad. My bad. But the reason I haven't upgraded yet is because contract's not up. I don't want to pay all that extra money, right? But this still works if I put it on a charging plate. It still works. It's fine. But that doesn't erase 
this desire to acquire that I have, right? Every one of us has that desire to acquire, and it pushes us. And it pushes us to do more, to overextend ourselves. And when that happens, and we lose more time, we lose more finances, we lose this, it just causes more stress, and we can't relax. That all could be accomplished when we learn that secret that Paul was telling us. That secret of learning to be content by being satisfied with what our good shepherd has already provided. You want to relax a little bit more? Try that. The third thing is i got to limit my work. Number three, got to limit my work. And what I mean by that is that i got to take a Sabbath. Now we're going to get to that portion of the Sabbath. Let's talk a little bit more about this. And I'll actually remind you that if you don't take a Sabbath, you are breaking one of the top ten rules, right? Rest and relaxing are so important to God that he actually put them in the top ten. It's number four. It's right up there with murder and stealing and worshiping only God. God puts this in there for rest. It's amazing to me that that's like one of the big things. We talked about this a few months ago, but just in case you've forgotten, let's review this again. It says this in Exodus 20. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You got six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, that's a Sabbath day. It's rest, and it's dedicated to the Lord your God. Now, the reason that God gave this to us is because he knew that we needed it. You got... God doesn't give us rules just because he feels like giving us rules, right? We, sometimes we come into religion and we come into Christianity thinking it's all about the rules. It's all about doing this or doing that or not doing this or not doing that, right? And we get hung up on that. God doesn't give us rules just for the sake of following rules. He gives us rules because he, he says this is where my blessing is, right? If you want to have a blessed life, if you want things to go well, right... This is what you need to do. So it's not just like he's throwing these words out for nothing. Like he really wants this for us. In Jesus' ministry in Mark 2, Jesus actually makes a reference to this and says, God didn't create the Sabbath for him. God doesn't need to rest. Why did God rest during the creation process? Why did he take that last day to rest? You know why he did that? He did that as an example for you. He worked six days, and then he, take, he took that last day off and just rested. He said, you know what? They're going to need to understand that this is important, so I'm going to show this to them. And so he puts it in those top ten rules. It's for your benefit. So guess what? When you break that rule, we'll just call it a rule for, for now, but when you don't follow that number four commandment, guess who you're hurting? You're only hurting yourself, Right? Okay, so some of y'all might be saying, all right, preacher, you got me. I need to rest a little bit more. I need to take a Sabbath. Okay, but does it have to be on a Sunday? Not necessarily. Now, now I think that worship, being here in worship on Sunday mornings, this is extremely important. And I would encourage you to be here in worship. Man, we get, a, we get recharged in this morning together so that we're ready to face the week together, right? But you don't have to necessarily just only think of Sundays as a day of rest. Because let's be honest, I'll take myself for example, Sundays are not my Sabbath. Trust me. It's stressful on Sundays, right? So I try to pick another day. I try to pick another time. The, the point is, whichever day works, pick it and stick with it. Okay, and then when, when you do, what do you do on your Sabbath? Let me give you three things to think about real quick. I want you to rest on 
your Sabbath, just whatever you can do to take a minute to break away and just rest your body. If you don't take time to rest your body, your body sooner or later will make you rest, right? So this is getting ahead of it. We're going to rest. We're going to recharge. And whatever you do to recharge, that's up to you, right? What I do to recharge might be different than what you do. And it could be time in solitude. It could be with other people in a community group. It could be outside in nature, whatever that is. I was telling our volunteer group that comes to serve on Sunday mornings, a big way to recharge is serving, serving God. Man, that, that not only, you know, when you serve, man, it's more of a blessing to you than it is to the other people, right? So we recharge during our Sabbath, and then we refocus. We take time to get away, to refocus on God, And that comes in prayer, it comes in scripture, right? That comes in worship. See, these Sunday mornings, these are important because this helps us refocus in our worship. We focus on God, we focus on his word. We recharge by serving, by being in community together. And then at some point, we got to take time to rest. So, here's the deal. If you start obeying the Sabbath and you take time to rest and recharge and focus, well, what, you'll, what you'll find is that there's more blessing in life. And let's be, let's be honest, it's not always easy to find that time to break away. Maybe it doesn't happen every week. Maybe it just happens once in a while, but in an afternoon. But what I hope that you learn and what I hope that we learn is that if we trust God to rest a little bit, we'll find that we're more blessed in life. Number four, the fourth thing. We're almost done. Let's get to the four, adjust my values. Now, this is a good thing. We're talking about your value, your worth, and being a child of God. But when you want to relax, you're going to have to sometimes, you got to change the way you think about what's really important in life. In fact, let's do that for a minute. Just think, what are the things right now that are most important to you? Okay, what are the things that you would put down on a list if you were marking them down one through three? What are those things that are most important? The problem is, is that if we were to make a list, a lot of time, most, most of the time, there are things on there like success or money or popularity. But what happens is those things that we think are so important, they cause more stress. So what we might need to do is take a minute and really think about what it is, what, am I, what do I value right now? Jesus puts it this way in Mark 8. He says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world Like if you gain everything that this world has to offer, you get all that money and success and just everything you want that you think is so valuable. What if if you gain all of it, but you lose yourself? You know, at the end of the day, I really do want you to be accomplished, right? I'm not trying to say don't do your best for God, of course, but I, I want you to do amazing things. But not at the risk of losing your family or losing your time with God. Maybe losing your integrity through it all. You know, when we moved up to Kentucky and we started thinking about ministry, we started thinking about being a Methodist minister. Shane and I talked about it. And we were like, you know, did we want to move around every four years, which was the, is the custom in the Methodist church, and try to kind of work our way up so-called ladder of success? You know, like when, when you're a pastor, hopefully if you're, you know, good at it, then you to do another move and you get a larger church and... Did we want that to be our life or, or did we want to just try to find one church family that we loved, just stay with them and let our girls grow up in one home? Now, I'm not saying that moving is wrong. That is great for them. just for us, though, and what we valued. You know, relocating and 
all of that is just stressful for us. So my point is, is that we looked at that. We had a conversation. What is it that we value? And we're, how, how can we serve God better together as a family? And this is what we came up with. Maybe, maybe you could do the same. Maybe you're not relaxing and you're not resting a whole lot because you, you need to make some adjustments. What are some of those adjustments? I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be at the end of my life looking back and having all these regrets on things that I should have valued, but I didn't. Like, I valued this and I valued that, but I didn't value my time with God or or my relationship or my faith with him so that I could grow so that he could do more through me or my kids, my family. Nobody ever is on their deathbed ever asks to see their financial portfolio. They don't. They want their family. They want to talk about God. You know, well, what is it? What is it that we value the most? Think about those things. Adjust. Maybe you can relax a little bit. And then the fifth thing, real quick. Number five is I want to exchange my restlessness. Oh, I got you there, right? Everybody's like, what's he going to use for the X, right? I got you. Put the E in front of it, okay? I want to exchange my restlessness. I got, I, I got to exchange that restless spirit. I got to understand that the Lord is the good shepherd. He wants to lead me to these green pastures. In other words, I got to give up my desire to roam off and to veer off and wander on my own. I'm going to exchange that restlessness that I have for the peace that comes through Christ. Let me close with this verse from Matthew. And I love how the message puts this. He says... Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out? Come to me. Jesus isn't like, well, go over here or do this thing. Or or, I read this new study. You should try this, right? Or this other help, help, you know, self-development program or something like that. No, 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 no. His words are, come to me. That's what we need to do. I want to encourage you to deepen your relationship with the good shepherd. And if you come to him, here's what he says. He says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you, I'll show you what? I'll show you how to take a real rest. This is coming from the good shepherd. He doesn't want you to carry more. When you come to him and you hand him all that stuff, he's not going to hand you more to carry back. No, no, no. He wants that burden on him. He wants you to trust him so that he can work more in you and so that you can be freed up to serve him to the best of your abilities. So let's summarize all this. The good shepherd, man, he lets me rest in green meadows. He wants to lead me beside those peaceful streams, rest and refresh. So these five things are good for us to remember. We gotta remember our value. We gotta enjoy what we have. We gotta limit our work. And remember, I gotta rest every once in a while. I gotta adjust my values, make sure I'm valuing the right thing. And then I gotta exchange my restlessness for peace. If you can do these this week, I really believe the Good Shepherd will help you rest. But for the sake of your health, for the sake of your family, for the sake of your faith, growing closer to Christ himself. Man, it's good to breathe a little bit. To trust God enough so that we can take a moment to worship him and to reconnect with him. Let's pray together. God, I just thank you so much for how good you are to us. God, sometimes we get so overwhelmed in life and honestly, God will admit it's all, it's our own fault because we don't take the time that we need to rest and recharge and refocus on you like we should. So God, maybe we just need to take a moment and just confess 
we're not really good at this. And honestly, we've lost our identity sometimes in who we really are because we're so tied up into all these other things around us in our work. Maybe, maybe we need to confess that there are areas in our lives where we become just too materialistic, that we're envious of others. And it just causes us to want to do or want to acquire even more in life that just causes more stress. God, we just, we want to be our best for you. So God, can you help us? Help us to relax in your goodness. Help us to remember that you are the good shepherd that leads us to those quiet waters, those green pastures. Help us to remember that you love us unconditionally, that we don't have to prove anything. Help us to enjoy what we have and not constantly be going out for more. Help us to take the commandments seriously and learn what it means to take a Sabbath. Because Jesus, we want to. We want to exchange our restlessness for peace. We want to exchange that pressure for peace. We want to exchange our problems for peace. We want to love you more. And ultimately, we want to follow the good shepherd. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.